Hey everyone, and welcome back to my first season. My guest today worked for Clubbed from 1979 to 2004, 25 years, yes. He started as a trainee in water sports in 1979 in Clubbed Marbella, Spain, and he worked his way all the way up to Chief of Village. He opened one of my favorite villages in the whole wide world, Lindemann Island in 1992-1993 as Chief of Village. He is from beautiful Brazil and has been traveling abroad since he was 19 years old and has even lived in France. Another fun fact about my guest? Well, in 1975, he was moored offshore from Club Med Martinique. On Christmas Eve, he went in and had an amazing party. He has also worked in more than 20 different Club Med villages. Still don't know who I am talking about? Well, my guest's name has come up quite a lot on this podcast when I asked ex-geos who they enjoyed working with. He is the one and only, the legendary Carlos Castro. Carlos, to the bang, to the bong. How are you? Everything's all right. Thank you for having me. Oh, Bangia, Bangia. No, thank you for coming today. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Fun. So, were you aware of uh, how often your name was coming up on my podcast? Like, did you? No, really. You know, after 25 years, you know, in the company, of course, uh, I met a lot of geos and I worked with a lot of geos. So, I think it's kind of a common that my 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 name came up. sometimes in your podcast well it comes up because i ask them who they enjoyed working with that's very important oh, to know yes they enjoyed working with you so so you have, a, that. you have a lot of fans out there just so you know thank you <laughs> all right so since yeah you've been working more than 25 years we have a lot to cover so let's let's get into your your first season whatever you can remember about like uh, 79 marbella but first like you know if you can take me back uh, i guess you were you're from brazil you were living in brazil right so um what were you doing before you before you found out about club Med? well my passion always been uh, traveling you know languages uh, in different cultures uh, and besides that the music music was very was very important for me Traveling, of course, uh, Club Med is uh, is a great way of traveling, learning languages. But what I did before before my uh, university in business, I did uh, six months in, in in the United States, and then after the the college or the university in Brazil, I went to France for six months as well to learn French, uh, like very much languages. And and then I came back from France to the Americas on a sailing boat. You know, with a friend of mine, and we did the crossing. And uh, as you said in my introduction, we anchored the boat in front of Martinique, and um, I fell in love with the concept. After that, I went back to Brazil. I started my career in marketing, uh, as a matter of fact, with uh, Quaker Oats, and then didn't work uh, didn't work out well for me because you know the office uh, wasn't my my cup of tea. So what I did, uh, I I was trying to find something else. So go maybe to the states, back to the states, and do a, a master's degree. And then Club Med Itaparica came up, and so I signed up. And they called me a year later, and they sent me to to Martinique. Martinique was Martinique. No, sorry, Marbella. Marbella was incredible because we were eight geos from Brazil, and then. Um, I was the only one who was speaking French. And so they chose me more or less uh, to do some more entertainment with my guitar, with my funny way of being on stage. And uh, they sent me back to Itaparica for the, the big opening. 
Okay, uh, tell me, Carlos, do you do you remember actually arriving the first day in in uh, your first season in Barbea? Do you remember the first week? Uh, do you remember? I remember the first week was very interesting. As I said, we were eight, and uh, I felt so much in love with the concept that uh, my adaptation was very quick, very fast. I spoke the language. Most of the team were French, and I started playing the guitar. And it was a, a very easy way of uh, being part of the team. Now, did you choose water sports because you already knew how to, I guess, sail, windsurf, water skate? Did you already know how to do that or you're training how to do that? No, yes. I I was uh, a crazy uh, water skier. I used to love, I love water skiing, sailing, windsurfing. I knew about those those uh, sports. That's why I wanted to be a, a trainee uh, in water sports. Okay. Now, do you remember who the chief of village was your first season? It's okay if you it don't. Was but... Villagout. His nickname was Gamounet. He's a French guy that had a, a tremendous team, and they were supposed to do the opening in Taparica. That's why we were there to really adapt ourselves to the team that would do the inauguration of the first village in Brazil. Okay. So, yeah. So you trained in Marbella, but they, in fact, Clement wanted to send you to Itaparica, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, the, pur- the purpose of going to Marbella was the fact that we we're going to the, to do the open. They needed uh, Brazilian GOs due to the clientele. Did you live far from the village of Itaparica at the time, like from yes, your home in Brazil? About, yeah, about maybe two hours by plane. Okay. And there you're a translator and one surf instructor, correct? Yes. Okay. How was that? Well, what I did, uh, as they chose me as a translator, they sent me one week to Paris before the season in Marbella. For me to meet the people in La Bourse, which was the, the office of Club Med at the time, and I met the bosses. And um, my request was to become, instead of a sailing, because I was sailing instructor in Marbella, I wanted to switch to windsurfing. And they did that, and they gave me the responsibility of uh, doing all the translation, all the chief of services, and um, you know the chief of the village. So it was. Uh, a big, a big, big, big task for me, you know? Well, yeah, because since really this is your, your first season. And then I, I, like, I see you moved up to chief of sport pretty quick, right? Like you're, yeah. you're, is it true? Your second season, you became a chief of sport. Is that possible? Yeah. At the end, at the end of uh, Itaparica, the opening, they gave me uh, the promotion as a chief of sports. That's crazy fast, right? <laughs> yeah. It was fast because they need a Brazilian. Okay. As, uh, responsable de service, like they say in French. As a matter of fact, I came three times, three summers back to Itaparica to do the the high season in Brazil before I became chief of the village. Your first season of chief of sport was Fort Royal in Guadeloupe, correct? Yes. They must have had some good win for windsurfing there too, no? Well, uh, the windsurfing, we had just the sailing there at the time, but we had the water skiing. And the water skiing, I used to do the, the shows, you know? Mm-hmm. barefooting and you know showing off a little bit 
Did you have a lot of nationalities like on your, on your, on your team, your sports team as a first season chief of sport? Yes. French, some Canadians, Americans, good team, good team. Uh, the chief of the village was uh, Pierre Hermé. I don't know if you heard about him. He was a, a chef, executive chef and became chief of the village. Oh, really? Yes. I, I've never, wow. I've never heard that before. An executive yeah, chef that became, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, do you like that season there for season chief of sport? Well, I learned a lot. I had to learn very fast. Guadalupe is beautiful, you know, and uh, we had, a, as I said, a great team and uh, the entertainment was great, you know. So, and the, the results were, were good uh, in my first season as chief of sport. So they sent me back to Itaparica. Well, it's pretty impressive that you, you became a chief of sport and like your second season, all of that, they sent you out of the zone. So you go to the American zone, correct? I mean, yes. that's, that's pretty impressive, I think, <laughs> because well, uh, it certainly wasn't happening during my time. So that's this is uh, this, this means you're exceptional is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, well no, I don't think so. I think that uh, I was very lucky. I took the train uh, at the right time. I took uh, you know the decision to go and join Club Mad. And uh, I didn't have too much of a competition in terms of a Brazilian geo. So maybe I was the last or the least uh, good. And they, they put me as a chief of sport very quickly, you know. So from, okay, so you go, yeah, you go back to Taparica, then you do Puerto de Santa Maria, Taparica, Jebaladus, Taparica, Marbella. All this time, were you, before you became chief of village, were you, were you always chief of sport? Yes. Always okay. the sports are very related with the entertainment. And at what point um, or what season, I should say, did you start thinking, I would like to be a chief of village? Do you, do you remember like when you had the idea, like, I want to be a chief of village? When I became chief of sports. <laughs> oh, okay. From day one. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, I, wanted, I wanted to do a career and stay in. And back then, so did other chief of villages kind of have to like talk you up to, was, was there a system in place back then? Or uh, or is it that you just did a great season and then your name got well known? Oh, Carlos, he speaks French. He's great. He'll do anything. Is that how it worked? Well, uh, I had a very tough season in, in, in Tunisia uh, because it was very uh, a summer, very, very hot summer. And uh, my results were okay, but not uh, tremendous, you know. And uh, I had a meeting. And my boss at the time said, uh, Carlos, are you ready to become a chief of the village? I said, yes. And send me to a village. And he said, listen, I'm going to send you to work with Amal Benaissa, which is a Moroccan chief of the village, a brilliant guy, brilliant chief of the village. And uh, let's see how you do with him. And then we'll talk. So I did two seasons with, uh, with Amal. And Amal said to me, you're ready, Carlos. So they gave me the, the promotion. Oh, uh, Carlos, what was what was the village he sent you to to see how you would do? What was the name of it? It was uh, Eleuthera in ah. the Bahamas. Okay, beautiful and beach. So, yeah, beautiful beach. Uh, nice clientele. We had uh, one of the first seasons with the, the circus with Bob um, Christians. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, and Amal put me, uh, you know, in a big, uh, in big times, you know, uh, made me create a show. And uh, and so I, I was learning a lot with him. And then from there, I went to Marbella, which is a, was a big village 
at, at the time as chief of sports. And then after Marbella with him, he said, Carlos, you're ready. Okay. And from there, so I assume they send you on some kind of stage with other uh, future chief of villages? Where do they send no, you? I had, I had to do once again the summer in the summer, Brazilian summer. Taparica? In Taparica, yeah. Before okay. I did my stage in May. And where was where was your stage in May? Was it in France? It was in France, in Pompadour. Okay. And then we came to the States. It was very interesting. We learned a lot. Well, do you recall some of the names of your fellow chief of villages that were with you? Yeah. Abdel Zouari, Michel Verdure, uh, Janik Daudet, Joël De Witt, uh, Flavia Campos. Those oh, wow. are some of the, the chief of the village that, uh, that belong to my promotion. Oh, I, rec- I recognize all those names. <laughs> oh, you know them, them? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was a pretty, uh, pretty powerful group you had there. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. All right. And now, if I recall, like as you told me in your pre-interview, so they they send you to the states. Do they do they send you to Venice Beach, California? Yeah. What we did, we 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 came to California. We did the Venice Beach. Uh, we did some questionnaires, uh, and we interviewed the street entertainers. We did the Fisherman's Wharf. Well, uh, well, Carlos, just to interject. Why did they want you to? Why did Clement want you to interview street musicians? No, because we had this project. Okay. We wanted to propose Club Mad to have the streets entertainers working for Club Mad as uh, entertainers, you know, for a season to lift up a little bit the the quality. Because we find out, we found out that uh, the quality, uh, the skills of streets entertainers in the United States was very, very high. You know? So were were these going to be considered kind of like club med artists when they came to the village? No, no. We wanted to, because at that time, club med artists wasn't in place yet. So what we did, we wanted to bring them for six months, you know, and, and then, and then we, we wanted to, to propose to the management to have those guys, you know, circus guy, uh, guitar players, singers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, now if we move to you getting so your actual promotion. So do you remember where you were when they told you, Carlos, you're chief of village? Here's where you're going next. Do you remember this? Yeah, Pierre Jean Laplace was the chief of the village in Taparica, and what he did, he invited my mother, yeah, to kind of like surprise. So he was trying to surprise you. Yes, yes. And did it work? And worked, worked. <laughs> and uh, on stage, uh, they he announced to to everybody. I was shocked, and uh, and then I left after Carnival because Carnival is at the end of the summer in Brazil, and uh, he wanted for me to finish the season with him, and then I went to the stage or the training. Okay. They give you a village, which is also one of my favorite places in the world. They, you go, they send you to Elat, Israel, correct? Oh, yeah. It was an incredible experience. Yeah, I think Israel is one of the most truly unique places. I like. I spent 10 years in Club Med, and you know, no other country is as unique as Israel. Like I, I had a great time there. What, what was it like as a chief of village there? Well, we had, um, we had the old village, Le Coro which is, uh, was uh, next to Jordany, and it was a kind of old village. So I had a little hard time with the team, you know, first season, but 
Belinch was the chief of the village at the time that was replacing. I was replacing him. And he did something incredible to me. Welcome me, of course, uh, the party. And then he brought me to the Negev, the desert, with all the, the colors and, uh, you know. And then the next day, he brought me to dive on the Red Sea, in the Red Sea. So he introduced me to Israel, and then, uh, you know, he left. And uh, I I had no problems in, in terms of the adaptation, to adapt it to to the new, the new village and the new country. Wow, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, what a it great was time. amazing. Wow, all right. And uh, do you do uh, six months or a year in Eilat as chief? I did six months, and I was lucky to meet my wife. Donna oh, oh, really? Romano. Yeah, she was my chief of hostess that we call uh, uh, or PR manager. She came to work uh, in my team and... Uh, Somehow the air of Israel, it was a love at first sight from, from my, my part, you know. And is she from Brazil as well? No, she's from New York, United States. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. So you have a Brazilian chief of village in Eilat along with a New York geo. Wow, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Wow. We've been at together 37 years, so it was not too 37 bad. years. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. I'm, I'm wondering how many other people know this story okay. <laughs> who, who haven't worked with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pretty incredible. Yeah. So you have your, your wedding, I think in uh, May of 85. Is that correct? You took some time May, off to have your wedding? Um, no, it was October 85. We married, we married in, in New York, in Long Island, but we had our engagement party in Tulagri, in, in Maldives, in the Maldives under the water in the scuba ceremony are you serious yes it whoa was please say yeah. please say you have pictures of this <laughs> okay oh yeah no i'll send you some pictures. okay okay so who officiated the ceremony you had a scuba um... i had a, a an incredible scuba responsible jean-jacques david a, a french guy and uh, he he said to me let's do under the water and I proposed to Donna, and Donna said, yes, let's do it. <laughs> it was amazing. The whole geo team uh, scuba diving with us. You know, we had a, a Japanese a professional photographer and a water photographer. So it was uh, incredible. This is, okay, This you're blowing my mind here. All right. So you you did your your wedding ceremony under, now did your your wife, did was she certified? Did she know how to scuba already? Or did she have to well, learn? Well, she learned in uh, Pigeon. In Fort Royal, okay, in, in Guadeloupe, you know, she learned a little bit. We weren't a very good uh, uh, scuba divers, but uh, we we're ready to take the challenge. You know? Okay, now are you are you absolutely sure she said I do? Because you know, when you try to talk underwater, it just comes up as bubbles. So, you're, <laughs> so are, are <laughs> you, you know sure? Okay, okay. <laughs> we had a, a piece of plastic with a, a pencil. Oh. Oh. And uh, the question was, are you, uh, you accept Carlos as your fiancé, whatever? And there was uh, three boxes. Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> she, <laughs> she chose yes and me too. So we oh, Okay, so that's how you did it. Okay, now did anyone, please say one of the scuba instructors popped a bottle of champagne so you can drink it underwater. Did yeah, we drank, drank the champagne underwater, which was uh, amazing as well, you know. Uh, 
something that uh, people don't believe, but it, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite a, it's quite the rush too, when you take your first, uh, you know, your first sip because, you know, you're under, you know, you're under yeah. the water, right? So it it's, a, kind of, it's yeah. more of a it's buzz. Kind of I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Okay. And then I see you go off to in 85, 86, you go to another one of my favorite places. You go to Playa Blanca. This is your first time in Mexico, correct? Yes. It was the first time in Mexico. And I just, I wanted to mention about yes. the, the great uh, welcome party that we received, that we had uh, with Mirdieu, Michel Simon, another French chief of the village, a brilliant chief of the village, funny, uh, very talented, great musician. He made us uh, arrive in the the village at night. And um, instead of arriving in the resort, the village of, of Club Mad Playa Blanca, we arrived in the hotel, uh, in the hotel next door. It was a, a great, great joke. And uh, the, Don and I, after we came after our honeymoon, six days uh, of honeymoon, and um, we, 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 we didn't, we didn't see that, uh, you know, we didn't see the difference. And uh, it was, a, the GM was inside of the joke, the GOs, everybody. Okay. Now, one question was because normally Playa Blanca closes, so there's not, there's no, there's never really a handover. But are, are, was it was it open year long back then? Oh yeah, well, year long. Yes, yes. Oh really? Okay. So even through the rainy season, Playa stayed open. No, well, the rainy season. It, uh, I don't recall that. I didn't have too much rain over there. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Boy, well, it sure, you know, it sure changed later uh, when I was yeah. there in '97. Yeah. <laughs> 97, but I mean, uh, the winter or the summer? Well, I was there win- winter because um, they told us back then it closes in the summer, like around April, May, because it's too rainy. But uh, uh, okay, we did but the that, winter. Yeah. But, th- but you were there in 85, so, you know. 85, 86. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a long time in between. Anything could have changed. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Then, uh, then we're going to go quickly here. I see you go to, uh, at one point, you go to Chief of Villages, Chariting Malaysia. Okay. What a what a great experience! Uh, so we started with the Asian the Asian zone, with uh, a very interesting uh, variety in terms of the clientele: Japanese, uh, locals from uh, Malaysia, Australians, French, etc. And uh, it was one year. We stayed one year there, and uh, what what we did that was incredible. I don't know if you heard about Jean Robert Hasnik. Name sounds familiar. Yeah, he used to be the vice president for the Asian Zone, and what he wanted to do, knowing that I was from Brazil, he wanted to do a promotion for the locals in terms of uh, coming for the weekend. So what they did, with what we did, we did a show in Singapore, a show in Kuala Lumpur, and then. We create a, a sort of a campaign, drive to Brazil this weekend. And people came and we did the carnival. We did the caipirinhas. I don't know if you heard about the caipirinhas, which is very well known. The, the drinks from Brazil, the drink uh, from Brazil. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had my and share. Mass contest, uh, samba lesson, and a big party uh, uh, of carnival during the weekend. It became a great success. I think it was the first time the Club Mad promoted its village 
based on a, a, a geo team, you know, so it was very interesting. Now, in your intro, I mentioned you opened Lindemann Island. So, I, you know, I have the chief of village who opened Lindemann Island in front of me. I, you know, I, it's my favorite place. So I have to ask you about like how much planning was involved? What, like, when did you find out you were going to be the chief to open Lindemann? Well, uh, I was working in human resources in Sandpiper and uh, waiting for the, the opening. Uh, of Lindemann. They they gave me the, the news. I don't remember correctly when they gave me the news, but there was in between myself and Frank Gagan. I don't know if you heard about this. Yes, name. yes, Frankie Gagan, sure. Frank Gagan. And Frank Gagan, so instead of going to Lindemann, he went uh, to open Columbus Isle and they gave me uh, Lindemann Isle. So what I did at the time that my, my daughter Marina was born, they sent me there to to visit the place before the opening, and then two months before the opening, uh, I went uh, in place and uh, I started to work with my team and everything. And I had a, an amazing team, a geo a geo team that's uh, incredible. Well, it, yeah, uh, we had uh, we had one of your anim- we had your animator on Gus Gus, who, as you Gus, know, yeah, became a uh, chief of village himself. So uh, yeah, 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 very talented with his violin. And uh, so he came to the village very shy at first, and then he became a Joe, you know, you know, with his talents and uh, his personality. So it was great to, to, to be with Gus. And did you find, because, you know, you started in 79 and I'm assuming that you had a lot of Aussies and Kiwis as GMs, correct? Yes. So did you find that they were probably amongst the most easygoing GMs? Uh, yes, I, th- I would think so. They would participate very easily to all the activities that we had. The Australians are very sportive. You know, they love uh, outdoors. And uh, and uh, we had some Japanese, Japanese that, that uh, enjoy very much as well Australia. And some some French, not too many, because uh, Australia is kind of far away, you know. Yeah, they were the uh, only only GMs that um, didn't care when it when it rained. I found, <laughs> <laughs> which is great, right? Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were not bothered. They'd say, "Is the bar open?" I'd say, "Yes." They go, "Okay." <laughs> what do I care if it rains? Then I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so did you did you get any chance to? Because uh, I assume you were there a year. Did you get any chance to uh, visit uh, Australia at all? Like, uh, oh, I did uh, visit Byron Bay because uh, at the nice. time Club Mad bought a sort of a camping or you know a sort of a resort, but very very raw. And we wanted to build a, a mega resort in in Byron Bay, but we were uh, having uh, difficulties with uh, the locals. Yes. And yes. we couldn't open at the time. You know, couldn't couldn't do anything. They were against, and uh, you know. But I visited, you know, uh, Melbourne, uh, Sydney. Uh, we did uh, uh, a lot of trips. And one thing that uh, I remember myself uh, diving is the the Great Barri- uh, uh, Barrier Reef. You know, that's right. It was uh, amazing. I think you did that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I did that dive too. Uh, I was there just before the Sydney Olympics in 2000. Wow. So, uh, but yeah, 
What a great time. Okay. So yeah, I hate to move on from uh, Lindemann Island, but because I can talk about Lindemann Island forever, but uh, I do notice that you were the chief of village in Copper Mountain in 94, 95. So that's when I, when I came into uh, Club Med. So uh, this is, was this your first time in a ski village seeing snow and all that? I mean, I, I know you probably saw snow before, but uh, does, was it your choice to go to Copper or were you assigned Copper Mountain? Well, uh, I did a, a... The first season uh, uh, on the mountains I did in Sahoro in Japan. And then uh, we we had a lot. Copper Mountain had a lot of the Brazilians coming to ski with the family. So they decided to put a Brazilian chief of the village. And it was a great, uh, great season. I love I loved, uh, the skiing. I love, uh, you know, I improved a lot of skiing. Not, <laughs> I'm not a very good skier. Believe me, but uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy very much the the winter season. Were there any uh, was snowboarding a big thing back then, or not? Not too many people were snowboarding. It was starting. It okay. starting. Yeah, no, not too much. Club Med was a little bit against at the time because they didn't want to to have uh, in the um, the ski room the, the 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 snowboarding. And then the second season that I did there, of course. We we embrace the fact that uh, snowboarding was uh, the future, you know. Okay, yeah, well, I'll say. <laughs> I think it, I think it became an Olympic sport. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> All right, uh, let me just take a, a a quick break to ask you because you've you know you've worked so long for Club Med, but and people are always like XGOs are telling me that they liked working with you, but is there any, anyone that you enjoyed working with, um, you know, before you became a chief of village or even while you were chief of village, anyone come to mind? Oh yeah. I think, I think um, some chief of the village that I, I worked with and uh, I learned a lot. Uh, Jackie, Jackie Amsalag, it was uh, two times a chief of the village in Taparica with me and gave me a lot of, a good base in terms of entertainment. I mentioned Amal Ben Aissa, which is the, the one that prepared me to become a chief of the village. Michel Percher was my boss in, um, in, Fran in France, in Paris. And he is the one that really motivated me and motivated my wife as well, because um, my wife became in charge of entertainment. And we were a great team working together. And uh, she helped me to settle down a little bit, be more organized. So I really appreciate her help. And last but not least, the family, the Trigano family, with Gilbert, which was a great motivator, and Serge Trigano as well, that was a great boss. Okay. Uh, you're, and you mentioned your, your wife became a chief of animation? Yes. Okay. Wow, that's excellent. Yeah. Okay. Great. Very nice. I did not know that. And then after after Copper, you go back to Brazil, correct? You go to Rio das Pedras? Yes. Uh, so what's it like coming back to your home country after all that time? It was interesting because uh, at the time, Janique Dodet was taking over the office in Brazil. And he knew me well. We became chief of the village uh, together at the same time. And... Uh, he said to himself, he said, listen, if I bring a Brazilian guy to do a season in Brazil and we'll do a good season, it's going to be a, a big success, you know. 
So he proposed me to to come and do uh, one year in Rio de Pedras, and I really enjoyed. I was very concerned about because I I, I knew that I, I wouldn't uh, do a good season. My career would be maybe finished, you know. And I'm guessing you did a great season there. It was a great season, <laughs> great team, uh, you know. Uh, it, it was uh, a very nice way to go back to Brazil as a chief of the village. You know? Did you, this, a question, this question just occurred to me, but did you help in promoting or spotting talent? Like, is there any chief of village that you, I guess, uh, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Was, there, was there a chief of village that you recognized or someone that had the potential to become? Oh, yeah. I worked, um, Fred Davance is oh, a yeah. guy that lives in Japan right now. Great chief of sports. It was one of the, the ones that I pushed to become general manager of Chief of the Village. Another one from Australia. Oh, he's in, in charge of uh, human resources. Uh, do you mean Joey Templin, Carlos? Yes, Joey Templin. Oh, okay. He was in charge of entertainment. And uh, after my last season in Paradise Island, both of them became Chief of the Village. So I was very happy with that. Okay, great. And then I see that you you spent about a year in Bali, correct? They go you go back to the Asian zone and to the beautiful uh, village of Bali. Bali is uh, it was a, a dream. I think um, Lindemann was uh, the the most important village in terms of uh, uh, professional achievement. Okay, but Bali, it was uh, the best village in terms of uh, diversity in terms of uh, the GMs, uh, diversity in, in the G, the GO team, the island and the population, the people in Bali, they were amazing. So we had a great time and a great season. Yeah, yeah, I figured, yeah. And then after a year there, you go, you go back to Copper because you want to see the snow after those nice beaches, right? <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is we we decided to to have the kids in in Florida uh, starting school ah, so yes. what i wanted to do i love so much copper i asked uh, paris to send me closer to to uh, my kids you know so i went to copper okay and then after copper you go to another one of my favorite places uh you go to bodrum bodrum turkey which i thought was a beautiful beautiful village they call bodrum the saint-tropez of turkey correct Correct. Yeah, it was amazing as well. I was lucky to have again uh, Fred Davance and uh, Joey Templin. So the two working with me and uh, we had a great uh, uh, results. And the GMs, GMs uh, is funny because let me tell you a story about uh, this was uh, uh, 1988. Uh, yes. The World Cup. And uh, Brazil and France, they were at the finals. The soccer World Cup in, in France had won, you know. So yes, yes. I had every week a French coming, <laughs> and they knew I was Brazilian. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> it always was a, a big party, you know, with them. So they would show up at the information meeting just to uh, just to tease you, right? <laughs> yeah, they teased okay. me a lot, but okay. you know, yeah. everything was good. 
So this is where I just missed you because I never had the pleasure of working for you in Club Med, but I always heard your name throughout my 10 years. But so you were in Bodrum the summer before before I was. I was uh, That was my first wow. season chief of sport in 99 and you were there summer 98. So this is where I just missed you. <laughs> wow, man. But, but you left it. You left the village in very good condition, I must say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, Turkey. Uh, Turkey is very beautiful. At, at yeah, a the time food, there. the people. You know, it was uh, yeah. another yeah. great experience. Because uh, what I think that uh, I I miss the most uh, in Club Med is the way that we geos adapt ourselves to different cultures in different languages the moment that you change you will change the 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 season to another country you know so you have to adapt yourself and and learn a lot about the country about the 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 clientele the geo team etc so and the gm uh, ge team as well well, since we're on the since we're on the topic, because I was going to ask you, like, what are the ah. three thing three things you miss the most? What are the what are the two other things or more? You could have more than three things. I just thought well, you know, top three would be good. <laughs> I think the first one is the the geo and the G teams, where you know uh, I always tell the story about uh, going to Japan and having a, a French guy that lived in Japan for twenty five years come and explain to us. Uh, the culture difference, the culture shock that we'll have with, with the Japanese and uh, the body language, etc. And it was very interesting, helped us to adapt even faster, you know. So it was great. Another thing that I really, really thought was I- incredible, uh, at the end of the week, uh, GM's leaving saying it was my, my best uh, vacation with my family. Thank you. This was a very nice way of uh, of uh, having the feedback right before they left the, the resort. So I really enjoyed that. And uh, without forgetting the creativity, you know, the stage, the music, the sport, the way that you change the program, if it rained or not. So I really enjoyed those three things, you know. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Did you just mention the rainy day program? <laughs> Oh, anything. This was tough, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. But we <laughs> some, did it, you know. Because uh, yeah, because there were some. I'm sure it happened to you too, where you'd have some some days where like it would rain four days nonstop, right? Like oh, usually oh, yeah. some days in the Bahamas were like that, and you're like, oh no, you know. <laughs> and you have to find. The... Was like that. Oh, oh, was it? Oh yeah, and in the in the winter, the summer season, July, July, August, it was tough, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I assume yeah. it's always sunny and beautiful in Brazil. Okay. No, no, no. It was tough. <laughs> and then um, after Bodrum, I think you mentioned you you go do your last uh, season and as a chief of village, right? Paradise Island. Uh, yes, because um, I wrote a letter to uh, the management in, in in Paris because my my family was already in Florida, and I wanted to. I gave priority to my family instead of continuing in the resorts. I wanted to go to, to uh, the offices, you know, mm-hmm. and do something. And I knew very well, Jose Aliel, you know, it's, Jose Aliel, you heard about. Yeah. yeah his name uh, also comes up a lot. You and yeah. uh, you and Jose come up a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jose Aliel invited me to, to become the plant producer in in America in, in the United States. So uh, from from uh, Paradise Island, I went to work in Miami 
And that's why I live here in, in Florida, in South Florida, because we came with a family. And uh, since we've been here living in this beautiful place, beautiful sun. Okay. And you were events producer, promotion and sales. So yeah, well, what I did, I did yes. the, the, the events and then I, 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 I switched to, to become a promotion because we wanted to, to have somebody that lived the concept a club med concept in order to, to pass the, the idea to the uh, travel agents, the tour operators, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, when you were an events producer, can you give us an example? Like, do you remember any of the? Uh... Oh, we did so many. The okay. biggest one was we brought about um, in between 150 and 200 uh, travel agents and um, tour operators to a big party in um, Columbus Isle. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, it was a big, uh, a big uh, party there. And we brought um, uh, a band from 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 uh, Canada, a seventies band. We had the uh, different themes uh, during the evenings, three day, three evenings, um, and it was a big success. We had as well the Renew. I don't know if you heard about the Renew when they relaunched Club Med in America and United States in Sandpiper. We did a big a big event as well to try to to re- make reborn the concept of club med in, in the United States, you know, or okay. in the American zone. Sounds like you were very busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Now my next, this next question might be hard to answer because of all the seasons you did, but I was just curious. I'm asking this because you did so many, was there any, any particular season where you would describe as, as magical meaning that, I don't know, was it, your first one because it was your first one. I mean, I know, I know you must have had a great team. So I'm just curious if there's that one magical place for that magical season that you that you put above others, or or is just that you like them all for different reasons. I would say Lindemann, magical, sure, and Bali, magical. Okay, right. really magical, really, uh, you know. But it's, it's like it's, it's like you're still, yeah, but, but you but your mind sometimes goes back to goes back to that right like you every now and then you'll be you'll be thinking of it. Is there ever a, a point where where like you does this happen to you where you're in a grocery store and you hear a song from Club Ed and you stop you have to stop yourself from dancing in a grocery store? Does this ever happen to you? All the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> or you're driving your car, you know. Okay, <laughs> and uh, uh, it's funny because uh, you say to someone that you work for Club Mad, the first thing they say, the hands up, baby. That's right. <laughs> thinking, <man>. It's funny. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Okay. Now I do not want to let you go unless uh, there's something else you wanted to say or something I forgot to ask you because you've been very, very, very kind with your time. And I'm so happy you're here and came on. And I know people are going to go crazy when they hear you're a guest on on this podcast because they love you so much. So I don't want to let you go uh, unless you have something you want to say or I forgot to ask you. I know we had to move around a lot, but is there anything I I didn't ask you that you already wanted to talk about? No, I think the the run that I had in in Club Med was amazing. I wish I could be Chief of the Village until today. And because uh, it was uh, 
the perfect uh, job for my character and my my skills and um, but I had to to go to the offices and uh, have the experience on the office at the office as well I've, I've been I've been you know after the office and after I quit Club Med I became as everybody in South Florida I became um, a real estate agent and uh, I'm having fun with that. And I'm having fun a lot with the music as well, because I play in bars. And uh, so it's very, very fulfilling for me to to continue doing the hobby, the music, etc. Are you saying you're still playing? You, you go play your guitar? Is that what you're saying? Oh, oh yes. I play the, the guitar and, uh, you know, Brazilian restaurants at the bars. And, you know, I do I do gigs for fun. Okay, so and you play um, uniquely Brazilian music? No, I play Beatles. I play. Uh, oh, really? I play. Yeah. Play. Oh, what's your you what's your favorite? Me to play a song. If you have your guitar there, I would love to hear something. Sure, so, uh, but I'll have to. I'll have to make some noise. Can you... That's okay. That's good noise, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, which uh, which which Beatles song can you play? I can play. Let me see. Just uh, make sure that is in tune. All right, everyone, this is going to be Carlos Castro on the guitar. What a treat. Take it away, Carlos. I'll buy you diamond ring, my friend. Make you feel all right. Get you anything, my friend. Make you feel all right. But I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. Give you all I've got to give. And if you say you love me too, I may not have a lot to give. But all I've got I'll give to you. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love, buy me love. Everybody tells me so, just love. No, 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 no. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. You're going to blow a lot of people's minds with, oh boy. Well, just, okay. You know, uh, the way that I found. To do because otherwise the people are going to say, hmm, at least it's a little different, you know? Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, so much I didn't know about you. Wow. Too bad we never got a chance to work together, but this is nice uh, too. <laughs> hey, maybe in, the, in another life, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but make sure, uh, make sure. Yeah, we're gonna put your your touring schedule uh, uh, when I release your episode where they can find you. Okay, <laughs> give me your dates. Okay. <laughs> okay, man. thank you. All right. Well, Carlos, uh, you know we'll have to end with that because no one has ever done that before. So we can, we're not gonna get any better than that. Okay. <laughs> So I, but I do really, really want to thank you, uh, Carlos, for taking the time telling us your story today, really. Thank you, you. Uh, I really appreciate. I don't know how was uh, how was my performance in terms of uh, giving the information, but uh, I really enjoyed. And thanks for having me. 
Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that. That was the one and only legendary Carlos Castro. And we'll see you all next week. Say bye, uh, Carlos. Take care.